Well, White Sox fans, hello, and how are you guys tonight? I hope you are doing well, because we got some things to talk about tonight. My name is Ian Eskridge. I am here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How are you doing, Danny? Uh, you're probably better off asking somebody else that question. <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. I'm here for another fun-filled uh, episode. Fun-filled and positive. Positive reinforcement and, and <sighs> attitudes here today. <clears throat> Anywho. Yeah, I mean, if you, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, I'm actually speaking, and I can't use my sarcasm font while typing. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing all right, man. I, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't complain. I spent the weekend out at the campground, uh, you know, hung out, did some barbecuing and partying, and uh, you know, as some folks would say, one o eighting for a good part of the weekend, uh, and then they come home. In the middle of what is a, it turns out to be a, a twelve-run route from the uh, from the, the Kansas City Royals today. It's eleven. I think it's eleven. Well, I'm sorry, twelve to one route of the White Sox. Uh, you know, and then just a little while ago, I, 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 you know, because I had been out at the campground and been partying, and you know, uh, had a bit of a long weekend. Uh, Neither the wife nor I felt like cooking, so we decided to Uber eat in for the evening. And, uh, of course, the uh, place we ordered from got our entire order wrong. So, you know, it was the perfect end to a perfect day. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm all fired up and ready to go here. And, uh, you know, get into uh, some bashing of some terrible moves by the, well, whatever. We'll get into it during the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. You know, uh, nice chill weekend. Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, pretty chill, really. Um, you know, I did uh, I did do a Chains Over Razors gig at Reggie's on uh, yeah. I thought about coming Saturday out for night. That, but the, yeah, yeah. You were out. Campground was calling. Yeah, campground was calling me. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, other than that, you know, like I sat around and played some Call of Duty, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Um, you know, nothing. <laughs> I, I tried not to uh, put any str- any more stress into my life. Uh, this team is more stressed than one sports fan should ever have to have have Endure. to hold on to and. And see every day. I mean, it's just a comedy of errors, and it's just you know every time you think that that it's hit rock bottom, everything finds that uh, they find a a new low every single time. And I'm you know it's just it's tiring, you know. Uh, so I guess let's start with. Might as well start with Thursday. Um, yeah, before we get into it, though, I do just want to point out, uh, if you guys happen to catch this on stream, if you're watching us live, uh, you know, I had a little bit of an incident. Let's see, we're going to... Team drove you to that, huh? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I had an incident at work. 
mm. Tuesday morning. Uh, you know, just hours after we finished up our last show with the uh, the always awesome and incredible Mister Beef Loaf. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I just wanted to throw it out there. I did not try to off myself. I oh, have okay. not gotten right. to that point yet. I, I had an incident at work, and uh, but you know, it's it's my it's my uh, it's my burner arm. It's my ripping heaters. Yeah, uh, Beef Loaf gave you a GD in the uh, YouTube comments. <laughs> a GD? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. Um, well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you're all stitched slash stapled up there and everything's okay. Yeah, 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 it's all good. It was, uh, you know, just a, uh, a little mishap and uh, things are all good to go. But the last thing I wanted was anybody to uh, think the... Uh, the the worst of that situation you know you go to uh you go to the hospital when that happens and uh you walk in the door and they say well are you having thoughts of hurting yourself is someone trying to hurt you and they they have a protocol i get it they got to go down their list of questions but by the end of this thing i was waiting for the nurse to uh, say you know blink twice if you're in trouble i was like this is just ridiculous man i slipped at work it's fine it's all good point to me on this doll where the white socks hurt you right exactly so, um, yeah, you know. So Thursday, uh, the White Sox, uh, well, Jerry Reinsdorf, more appropriately, uh, made it official. The thing that everybody was fearing that the White Sox indeed go in, you know, did go insular and promoted Chris Getz from within as the. Uh, Player, you know, from player director of player development. Now he is the executive vice president and GM, a one singular voice for the White Sox. So I, I will say this: there is one positive here, and that is that you know who to blame if something goes wrong. Well, yeah. you at least have one well, of two names to blame now instead of one of three or four. How about that? Right. We don't have Kenny Williams to kick around anymore for stepping on Rick Hunt's dick. Well, I did hear, I don't, I don't know if you saw the tweet or not, but uh, Kenny Williams, since being uh, let go by the White Sox, has um, apparently, through some, some medium of some sort, has expressed interest in joining the Angels organization. Huh. Okay. Um. <laughs> Run far, like far away. Fit. Run far, far away. It seems like a good fit. The Angels are like the White Sox of the West. That is brutal, man. I, I could I I tweeted out earlier that uh you know generally crappy teams beat semi playoff contender teams that are hoping to get in and kind of ruin their chances at getting into the playoffs. Uh, as it turns out, the White Sox just trade them pitching, and their entire playoff hopes go completely out the window. Um, I don't know if you saw today, uh, Lucas Giolito, I think it was nine, run in, nine runs in three innings that he gave up to the Twins, um, who have morphed into the best team in the history of baseball, at least... Uh, you know, in the central, um, they put up a good. Uh, I don't know exactly. I didn't even. Look, I don't remember what the final score was, but it was twenty something to not a lot. So it was. Uh, 
a severe beatdown, and uh, Lucas took a nasty, nasty. Uh, he's got a nice goose egg on the side of his head, no doubt, from from that beating. Um, so that's now the Angels, and now he goes to the Guardians, and he has just been off uh, for. I don't know, the better part of like a month and a half-ish. Um, so it's just kind of, kind of ugly. And uh, it just kind of, kind of goes right along with the, with this whole franchise, this, this organization at this point. Um, you know, there's, there's some minor league stuff that's going on that, that looks real, but anything having to do with this, uh, the, the parent club for this team is just absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, so I know that you took to to Twitter and uh, to several oh. other other mediums, uh, just voicing your um, displeasure with the hiring of Chris Getz. And um, I did. I I don't know if you're ready to jump off the ledge, but uh, let's hear it. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because we talked a little bit last week while Beef was on the show about, uh, you know, how I had this sounding board that I could, uh, you know, rely on to keep me from emotional tweeting. And, uh, you know, that kind of went out the window (laughs) very shortly after that show last week. Uh, You know, I. I didn't I didn't want to have a sounding board at that particular moment. I wanted I wanted the world to know my frustration. You know, we thought that maybe the Chris gets you know leak from uh from Bob Nightingale was conjecture. You know, it was an attempt to find his uh, you know, his his way of of breaking another story. And it turns out we were wrong. I mean, you know, <laughs> I kind of always knew that it was a possibility, you know, yeah. I just didn't want to believe it. And, uh, I, I wasn't happy. I'm not happy. I'm still not happy. Yeah. You know, as the, the chat says here, we have a, uh, Louis Andrade, 1985, who says an unserious hire from an unserious organization in the Twitch chat. And I, I can't agree more. You know, this is a guy who has failed miserably in player development, we get rid of two guys who, you know, definitely have been inept for some time, but you know, there's always been speculation of, of Rick Hans hands being tied by one person or other, whatever been Kenny Williams or, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf and the ownership group or a little bit of both and all, but I mean, you know, honestly, who's putting these people in their positions and who is ultimately the person that's going to answer these things? And it is Brick on and Kenny Williams. So the firings I was fine with. We were all we all rejoiced in that. Yeah. Nobody was we, upset. You know, we, no, it was the first time that we had lost anyone in the front office midseason. It was the first time that there had been any kind of midseason change in this organization in probably my lifetime. Or at least a long time since I can. Uh, yeah, remember. I can't remember if Schuler or Harrelson was let go mid-season or not. I can't. I mean, I was young at that point, so I, I don't. Yeah, really we're, I mean, we're going back to the '80s, so yeah, yeah. Uh, 
either way, it's it's been a it's been a good hot minute, right? And you know, White Sox Twitter rejoiced for all of about twelve hours, and then we get the news that uh, Chris Hire is or Chris Getz is going to be the new hire from Bob. And most people bought it. Some of us had hoped that oh, maybe some of these other reports were, you know, I think it was Sports Illustrated dropped one saying that, that you know, there was somebody from uh, the Nationals organization and, and there was somebody else Rizzo, that dropped yeah. something from the, yeah, from the Baltimore uh, Orioles organization. And we thought, okay, maybe, just maybe there's this glimmer of hope that something else is going to happen. And then we get word that you know, Jerry Reinsdorf is going to come out and say things like, I didn't even bother interviewing anybody else because I owe it to the fans. I owe it to the fans to not waste time on letting someone come in and evaluate the organization. What the hell do you think these people need to do in this job? The organization needs to be evaluated. We, this guy can't evaluate top talent in the minor league system. How the hell is he supposed to evaluate the this? this Oh, just I can't even speak. So yeah, I'm a little upset. You know what did we get? We get a guy who's been here. Well, he knows the he knows the culture and the and the the way the organization operates. Yeah, and it's and it's wrong. It's been wrong. It's messed up. He's part of the problem. But we're going to elevate him instead of you know take a different direction. All because it's going to take time. We would have lost a year. Lost a year. We now you're. I feel like we've been set back at least five. Well, uh, you know, I would be, you know, we should have known because it seems like when anything that we don't want to hear and something that seems like it would be very White Sox and uh, just something that we know shouldn't happen, it always comes from Bob Nightingale first. So we should have known right from the right from the get go that that was what. Yeah, you know, you're right. You know, that was what was actually going to happen. And, you know, like we, you know, as soon as, as soon as that happened, you know, as soon as we saw that, we're just like, here we go again. You know, like we had like that period of like, I don't know, 12 to 15 hours or something where everybody was, you know, joyful and happy that Han and KW were gone. And this guy shows up and just ruins everybody's day. I mean, it, it's like clockwork. I mean, it's the exact same thing that happened when he said that TLR was going to get hired. Everybody was running on this high. They're like, we're going to get a real manager. We're going to get somebody that's forward thinking and is going to, uh, you know, get this team moving in the right direction. Nope. No, you're not. You're going to get TLR because that's what JR wants. And, yeah, and uh, the thing was, was, all we wanted was, you know, people were talking about, oh, well, he's not going to bring us in the future. I don't care if he's going to bring us, the next guy's going to bring us in the future or not. Can you just bring us up to the present? Yeah. We're so <laughs> far behind from top to bottom. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. anywho. Um, so I do you want to. You, what do you, um, so what do you before want? You, before we move on, I do want to clarify too. You know, you talked about how I took to the socials. Uh, one of the questions I asked, and and I don't want people to misunderstand my my thinking on this, but I, I did tweet out to season ticket holders that you know why would you continue to buy season tickets where you know unless you're planning on going to every one of those games or eighty five ninety percent of the games that you pay for. Uh, why would you continue to buy season tickets when, you know, every year 
the second half of the season, ticket prices start to drop dramatically, and I can get those same tickets 20 minutes before the game for half as much or less than what you're paying for them you know, as, as part of a season ticket package. And I just want to clarify that this is not a shot at season ticket holders. I'm not, I'm not taking shots. It's because I feel like it's more of a question of why continue to give your money to such a poorly run organization. Uh, and then I know beef loaf talked about it a little bit last week on the show. And he said it was like an addiction for him. You know, it's a sickness. It, it, it's now for a group of guys like that. I understand you've got a, you've got a whole section of people. Yeah. And I won't say it's the entire section 108, but we know that, you know, if anybody that's been paying attention, you know, they're taking their class pictures all the time. And uh, there's, there's a good group of folks there. And I can see the reason for wanting to be a part of that because there's some camaraderie. There's, there's some great friendships that have been made there. Yep. Uh, these guys go out there and whether the socks are winning or losing, they're having fun. You know, they're out there eating their uh, uncrustables and, and drinking as many uh, adult sparkling beverages as they can. And it's a, it's a community over there. And I get that. My question's more for the fans that and maybe don't have that. And, and, you know, are you hoping that uh, you are going to get, you know, a postseason tickets before the rest of us? Or are you just a glutton for punishment? <laughs> Playoffs? <laughs> you know, because, I mean. Lord. Right. Did you, you know, got to get, I, I, gotta get the, you, the first crack at those postseason tickets? Did you watch any of the game today? I mean, I'm when, watching the replay right now because I'm a glutton for punishment. Me and John Rudels went to uh, Kansas City and we went and saw uh, Danny Mendick in left field for the Mets. And Cole Reagans was pitching for the Royals in that game. And I mean, I will say he did pitch fairly well. Um, but I wasn't expecting a perfect game through what, like up until the fifth inning or something like that, uh, until Moncada yeah. got that hit. Um, just embarrassing, you know. Um, yeah, I'm just th- this team. Um, so I don't know. Did you happen to hear the Jerry Reinsdorf? Um interview with select reporters uh that he did bef- in his office before the uh before the press conference I did not this is new to me um they played a Maybe bunch I of have. it they played a bunch of it on the score and you probably heard some of the jokes that uh you know saw some of the jokes on Twitter uh I'm trying to remember what the uh the Mitch McConnell joke. Have you seen that one floating around? Uh, he he was talking about something. Completely forgot what he was talking about when somebody said something, and uh, he said, "I feel like Mitch McConnell." Um, so he he's showing that he has like there is coherence there. It's not that he's completely out of touch with the world. Um, it's just that he's out of touch with reality. Uh, because he thinks that this is the the good move to make, and he thinks that he's going to be able to that Chris Getz is going to be able to turn around quickly uh, the issues that are he going on. He's doing his fan base a service when, in fact, it's been a, nothing but a disservice. But yeah. 
anyways, continue. I'm sorry. I, I well, just it that that quote still baffles me, and it still angers me that he he oh I owe this to the fan base. Shut the front door. <laughs> Yes, uh, as they say, uh, slow the F train down. Um, there you go. There is uh, clearly some sort of a um, a misfiring in synapses here <laughs> that is that is going on to think that that uh, one and one, you know, what he thinks is one and one equals two, and you know when you hear him. Say, you know, okay, well, Chris Getz is going to have that. That's Chris Getz's decision. That's Chris Getz's decision. And when I hear Chris Getz on the radio afterwards, um, which we'll get to the Chris Getz part of this equation uh, in a little bit, but, you know, as far as the press conference goes. But I heard him on Waddle and Sylvie, or uh, what's that? Uh, who is that? Parkinson uh, Spiegel? No, I heard him on... Uh, I think it was Waddle and, Waddle and whoever it is, yeah. the, the afternoon Waddle. guys on ESPN 1000. And they asked him, are you going to put more money into the infrastructure of the minor leagues? And this, to me, was a huge red flag because when they asked him this, he sidestepped and he said, Whenever I have something to talk to Jerry about, I will talk to him and he will listen. That is a problem because when you tell me, when they ask you something that is imperative for this franchise, which is improving the infrastructure for this minor league system, when your answer is, Jerry will listen. This should have already been discussed. It should have been an immediate hard yes. We have already discussed it. We are going to put money into the infrastructure to help develop our players. Yeah. It should have been that easy. Yeah. You know, it, you know, like one of the things, one of the things that I found was that I found funny and when you think about all of the people who are uh, at play in the White Sox organization, uh, or at least have been up until this point, um, you think of the Nick Hostetler drafts, you know, which we we have talked about on this show multiple times, and every time I've gone on somebody else's show, I've said the same thing: <laughs> Nick Hostetler is clearly an issue. And the decisions that were made, whether or not they were his decisions or whether they were other people's decisions, which we'll get to this in a little bit because there's been all sorts of interesting stuff coming out since KW was let go and Rick Hahn was let go. But um, clearly those drafts did not work out as intended. You know? So when you hear... Jerry say, well, Chris Getz, he didn't have any control over the guys that he got. So blaming him for this stuff isn't really fair. I mean, that's I'm paraphrasing here. But he's saying like he had no control on who was drafted. 
So how can you blame him for, you know, whatever? So my question is, is that, you know, this is this is part of the problem. And, part, you know, like I'm happy that they're coming up with the uh, executive vice president and GM in one job and that there is one voice. So we know who to blame, sort of. But the thing is, is that, you know, like it's it goes with everything else where, you know, it's very murky waters. You know, very blurry. You have you're not quite sure who to blame here, but I have to think that with those kind of statements made, that there's going to be some fairly serious uh, front office turnaround this off season, and I'm pretty sure they know already who's on their way out. But you know, I don't well, know. You know, you you bring up the the fact that he says you know Jerry will listen and. I- I can't agree with you more in the fact that it should have been a hard yes when asked that question. But the fact that he's got to go to Jerry pretty much confirms the thought that, you know, we, I know you and I discussed offline and had behind the scenes here, this, this conversation, but it seems as though, you know, Chris Getz is just a yes man. And that just seems to confirm that he's a yes man. Well, you're general manager and president of baseball operations you can't say with any kind of definity that you plan on doing this that or the other thing no i gotta go ask if it's okay i mean you know to me you sound weak you don't sound like the voice of a baseball organization you sound like a you sound like a puppet so I, i you know I would think you are correct in your assumption that there's going to be some front office turnover, but I have zero confidence that any of it is going to be for the good of the baseball team, baseball organization. Zero confidence whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, there There are certain things, like, I'm not worried about the job, you know, I'm not worried necessarily about some things. I know and there are things that needed to be improved upon um as far as the the minor league infrastructure goes and like I said that should have been a, a an easy yes that yes we are going to shore up a bunch of things we are going to hire more people. It really should have been that easy of an answer. It shouldn't be like uh well I'm going to go talk to Jerry and when I go talk to him, he says he's going to listen and he's going to uh, keep an open mind is, is the phrase that he used. Oh, that's he just a, sounds like a little issue. kid asking for his allowance. Yeah, that's not, it, Can I that's get my not what I want to hear. So, um, <laughs> so I, one of the other things that was just amazing uh, was that Jerry Reinsdorf said that the like his favorite player of like the last I don't know couple of decades was David Eckstein. David Eckstein. Yeah, yeah. No, I heard you. I heard you. You're not going to get much out of me for that one, um, other than more disdain. But anyways, yes, yeah, scrap. Oh, uh, you, you like the, we like the scrappy ball player who can play six different positions mediocrely i mean yeah i and like one of the other things that that was said 
was that for the first time in in forever, literally forever, uh, Jerry said that Chris Getz has the guys in the minor leagues learning how to play baseball the right way. And the issue here, and and I don't have an issue with some of the guys that are in the minor leagues. And the thing is, is that a lot of people, everybody, this is one thing that I have to get out there right now. When people, you know, anytime somebody says something about the White Sox farm system, they talk about development this, development that. If the evaluation on the players was no good, and they've got players that the skill level is never going to be good enough, that's an issue. And it should be, you know, people should be aware that there are two sides to this equation. Yes, there is the development side, but there is also the evaluation side, that these guys may have never, ever, and and I would say it's likely, considering that you've never seen a prospect go from the White Sox farm system to another farm system and immediately turn into the best player in baseball, besides Fernando Tatis Jr., which that was aided by something, number one, and number two, he didn't do, he was hitting like 180 or something when he was with the White Sox. So, I mean, that is what it is, and he was super young. And if you want to take that one, fine. You know, I'll wear that one. But otherwise, these guys go to these other systems, and it's not like they immediately turn into all stars in the major in, in the major leagues. You know, it's not what happens. There's evaluation, and then there's development. Right. You 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 can't take a pile of mud and think that it's the clay that you're going to mold something into. At the end of the day, it's still mud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, David Eckstein, I just figured I'd bring up his uh, his stats right here. He does have a twenty point nine career WAR over uh, ten years, so that's two two point oh nine WAR a year, and uh, he has an eighty seven OPS plus. And he said he couldn't hit, he couldn't throw, but what he could do was beat you. Um, I think he was saying that Branch Ricky had said said that, and he said he stole it from him or something. I don't know. Absurd. Oh, so, so we're gonna steal quotes from Branch Ricky? <laughs> yeah, uh, a a baseball legend, and and you think that's gonna project onto yourself? Ah, Ooh. bold move. Yeah. Um. So, I did you watch the Chris Getz, uh press conference? I saw some of it. I saw about as much of it as I could take because I was not inspired and decided I'm done listening to this. Sorry, man. You you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You can call me a bad fan, but I am at about wit's end with all this, all the filth that spews from the talking heads in this organization lately. I, I feel like it's an insult to my intelligence to even entertain some of these things that they throw out there. I really, I am, I am really insulted by the way they talk to their fan base via the media. It's, I think it's a sad, sad and, and 
ugly thought that they think that they can put this stuff over on us and, and think that we're just going to buy in and go, okay, I'm, I'm in. Oh, that sounds great. He owes it to the fans. That's, that's fantastic. He's le- he's really he, looking out for me. The common Jerry's man. Gonna, <laughs> Jerry's going to listen to his GM. Yeah. He's, he's there for me. Sure thing, pal. Uh, you know, I just feel uh, I'm, you know, obviously jaded. <laughs> if you haven't figured that out at this point. But, uh, you know, I just feel like it's it's a punch in the gut. Every time somebody speaks here lately, it, they just, I, they must think we're stupid that Correct. we're just going to buy this crap. Yeah. hundred um, percent. The best part was, is, you know, th- this guy who's been waiting to be the GM and, you know, ultimately probably since his, uh, you know, since his executive, uh, you know, job started. His dream was to become the uh, the GM, or I mean, I doubt he said exec. I mean, who says I want to be the executive vice president? Nobody says that. He wanted to be the GM of whatever team, you know. And uh, he finally gets this job, and here he is sitting here looking at an iPad and reading the iPad like what looks like word for word while he's making his speech, you know, it's like, I don't, how, yeah, how is that, how is that a thing? You know, like no, nothing from the heart, you know, it was like, yeah, he's none of it was sh- genuine. Yeah. You know, it's so bad. <laughs> uh, let's see. Matthew Lucas says scouting and development, both have wins and losses. The development wins are projects. It's harder when players are routinely bad, but overcoming adversity isn't a stable isn't stable with the White Sox. No, 100%. You know? I mean... Well, it's the thing. If that's all you're ever trying to do is overcome adversity instead of mold a superstar's last little, you know, the, the last little pieces to, to bring him into the fold of, of Major League Baseball. You know, there's a big difference. Yeah. I, well, I mean, big you look difference. at... This look is like... Luis Robert. We cannot be we cannot be the team that that constantly is looking for the diamond in the rough and hopefully turns into that actual diamond, you know. But anywho, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, well, well, I mean, if you look at somebody like uh, like Luis Robert, you know, it's I look at him like this. It was one of those things where everybody saw him. A bunch of teams wanted him and wanted to sign him, but the White Sox got him. And it cost them dearly. Yeah, no, it did cost them a lot of money. But here's the thing is that I don't really feel like they did a whole lot to, you know, quote unquote, develop him. Yeah, bring him along. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that it's just like, uh, you know, there's not really a whole lot different in his game from when he was a little bit younger. You know, the outfield plays a little bit better. So I will give them that that his outfield play has come has has come away because his his routes were bad when he was in the minors. He's gotten better with it. Um, the but you know like when I look at the bat, I don't really feel like there's so much improvement there that I have to sit there and go, wow, great job, guys. You know, so yeah. Yeah, he he was a he's a physically gifted human being. 
He yeah. was born. Yeah, he was born into a body that was built for baseball. Yeah. And he has the physical ability to go out and do some pretty incredible things. But man, can he fall asleep at the wheel sometimes? And uh, you know, that's the part that I feel like development missed him. Yeah, no, Just, for sure. It is what it is. Yeah, and you know, like I and I will say, you know, like uh missing the cutoff man and stuff, that stuff's happened less this year than it did last. So there are some some things that are it improved. It still happens though. It does. It does, but you know, like this was supposed to be the season of, of renewed culture, of renewed fundamentals. We we were we were bringing in a guy who wore so many different hats before being the bench coach of the Kansas City Royals and coming over to be the manager of the Chicago White Sox, who was supposed to instill fundamentals into this team. And I feel like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe he's had a little bit of a regression on those bad decisions. But overall, as a team, I feel like we've taken a step backwards in fundamentals. Well, now that we're getting to this, and this is going to be just so you, you know, everybody here knows that this is going to be a shorter episode because it's Labor Day and we're fed up. Yeah. So we're gonna we're we're gonna complain about this stuff and then and then get off of here because there's certainly not a whole <laughs> lot to talk about with the uh, the actual play of the White Sox. Um, but oh, you don't want to talk about that twelve to one loss at all today. Not so much. I mean, well, the thing is, had it been a perfect game, I would have liked to have talked about. It. But you know, because it wasn't a perfect game, I yeah, don't really. Thanks, want to talk about it. Yeah, thanks. Way to go, pal. Um, the one so, day he finally decides to get a hit. The, the you know we're sitting here. <laughs> you know we've we've okay fine we've got a new GM, and uh, we were sitting at I believe twenty five. To, I think we were 25 games under 500 at that point. And Chris Getz was asked if Pedro was coming back. And he said yes. Here's my issue with that. You are going to say yes, that Pedro is going to be back next year because there was a couple of bad, a couple of bad apples in the, in the clubhouse. Who allowed that clubhouse to get there? Who allowed the fundamentals to be like that and didn't discipline enough that it became ingrained in these guys' memories that this wasn't going to fly? Who has been at the helm ever since the the trade deadline where the team has not improved at all, has actually gotten markedly worse, despite the fact that none of the guys that they traded were really doing anything that was really helping all that much more than what has been in place since they were gone. It's been Pedro Grifal. And you're telling me that you finally get the job of your dreams, your, your GM job, and then you want to tie your career in the first in your first year you don't want to say well you know we'll see how things are at the end of the year and we will reevaluate no 
He just says Pedro will be back next year. It's like that scene in, in draft day, you know, and I know draft day is a football movie, but that scene in draft day where Kevin Costner calls the, you know, the, uh, the GM of the Jaguars and tells them, you know, somebody comes out at the end of this thing looking like an ass. Well, you know, first year GM Chris Getz is going to come out of the thing looking like an ass at the end of it, saying things like that. And, and doing just guaranteeing this guy a job because, well, there might have been some uh, some bad apples there, and that might have been what caused the bad culture. But are we to believe that every single one of the like all the bad culture guys were the expiring contract guys? We talked about this. Shocking. <laughs> There's Shocking no way. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. It, it can't. I mean, that would be one hell of a coincidence, would it not? Pretty odd. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so uh, Matthew Lucas says, I hear wins and losses don't matter in the system, but think winning helps develop players also. The system loses a lot fighting for 500. You know, like, here, here's the thing. I, and, you know, I do also hear the same thing that uh, that winning doesn't matter necessarily across the system. But here's the thing is that when you do that, you're developing a lot of me first guys. And that's where this whole culture com- thing comes in, is that when you build this system where wins and losses don't matter, only individual achievement matters. What do you think is going to happen when those people get to the major leagues? Right. Right. This has already been ingrained in them. That you know, it's all about me and padding my stats. Oh, and now I've made it to the big leads. What is my next goal? Oh, my next goal is to try to win with a group of guys, and I haven't tried to do I haven't done that. I don't know how that, that works. Yeah. Very frustrating. Um Yeah, I you know, and the thing is, is that I know that, uh, you know, through talking with these with these guys down in the system that that their teammates do matter to them, you know, and that they're they're out there fighting for their teammates and they they want to succeed for their teammates also for themselves, of course. And, you know, the they want to succeed for themselves, of course. Um, but. You know, it's when you like you know, I've said this a, a couple of times, you know, you look at the Orioles system where you've got teams that are winning. You know, obviously, they have a great farm system. You know, top to bottom, they've got, you know, like, I don't know what it is, like nine, ten guys in the in the top 100. So, of course, they're going to have, you know, a ton of talent. But you look at the Rays system. You have a few guys that are in the tops and, you know, tops in the, in the top 100. But you don't have, you know, overall – top 100 guys littered throughout the system. You know, you have a few guys here and there, but they play fundamentally sound baseball. And Kurt Bloom, the uh, the Barons were playing the Biscuits this week. Um, and he was talking with the manager, and, you know, he said, everybody on this team is going to bunt. Everybody on this team is going to run. And you're going to do the the little things that matter. And then you watch the major league team, 
what do you see? It's exactly like with the White Sox minor leagues where, yes, they're trying to teach these guys to do, you know, to do things to, to help their progression as a team. But overall, it doesn't necessarily feel like, you know, it has been that way for a while. And I will say that I feel like in the in the last couple of years, things have things have worked a little bit better. And I feel like there is some team cohesion, and that there are some better fundamentals. And there's a, a you know a uh, a plan in place as an organization, at least in the minors. Now, <laughs> what you see at the major league level. I don't feel is necessarily what we're seeing down in the minors so much. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see where uh, where things go. And I don't expect things to get any better this year. Uh, I think I-, I will actually be shocked if they don't lose 100 games this year. I, I will be shocked. Like, I'm willing to bet, you know, money on on the fact that they're going to lose 100 games this year. Yeah, don't anybody go back and listen to our uh, bold prediction show from the beginning of the season because I don't Yeah, think don't do that. Not a single one. Yikes. Ugh. Now, see, if you listen to my last year's bold predictions where I said Luis Robert was going to do all sorts of awesome stuff, yeah, he then was I'd be right. Him. I mean, there's one positive there. I mean, you know. He's, he's one of what, like six guys in, in the history of the White Sox to do a 35 and 15 season so far? Something you know, like that, yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe he reaches 40-20 before the season ends. You know, that'd be pretty fantastic. I'm here for it. I, we have to have that glimmer of hope and something to keep us invested in this ball club. Because uh, I'll be completely honest with you, you know, we've been... We've been uh, we've been going off a little bit this whole show. <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention, yeah, a little uh, bit. Uh, my door just opened. I will be right back. Somebody, uh, okay, be right back. Okay, but uh, you know, my thought is is um, with with this whole Chris Getz thing and Pedro coming back. Uh, if I don't see some sort of positive development and some sort of value i guess in the minor leagues coming up here the next couple of years i'm really finding it difficult to uh consider myself a a Sox fan these days it's i mean of course i am you know i'm here talking about them on a weekly basis with ian but uh man it's i i'm i'm genuinely questioning my fandom if if you don't follow me on Twitter, you would have seen this post a few days ago. Serious talk, man. I'm sad. I'm 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 flustered and frustrated and and you know, I uh hey, I, I, I I'm at a loss for words. I I really do question whether or not I even want to be a part of this fan base anymore sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I let these frustrations out on the show. But, uh, you know, and I sound like I'm angry and, and, and pissed off sometimes, but 
it's it's more than that. I'm just I'm emotionally let down. I'm disappointed because I have invested pretty much, you know, since my interest in love and baseball has come around, I've invested that into the White Sox. And uh they just they show us no love back, you know. 2005 was fantastic. And it'll be something that that lives with me in my memories forever. But uh you know, it's too far and too few between. So, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I just question w- whether or not I even want to watch this team anymore sometimes. It's been, I mean, it's been one of those years that'll make you question what's going on, you know? And, like, the thing is, is that I love the minor league baseball, you know? Like, I, the guys in the system are, are great. And, uh, you know, like, I enjoy doing that that part of it, but you know, it's really easy to let go of the major league team and just not pay attention, you know? Well, and uh, you kind of missed that part. I did say that if I don't see something, you know, kind of a, some positive developments down at the lower levels, because that's what I'll be paying attention to now. I'll be paying attention. I'm, I'm really pulling for Mark Shirley, uh, in his drafts, uh, to, uh, you know, become something uh you know we've seen some what looks like positive development at the lower level lower levels of the minor leagues you know up to this point since he's taken over uh you know we talked about wins and losses and how they don't matter or how they do matter uh you can look i mean even the minor league records are pretty bad right none of them are great but we do see some of those young kids doing some things that we hope will kind of, like you say, matriculate up the, you know, through level to level until these guys make their way to a major league ball club somewhere, whether it's with the White Sox or somewhere else, because I can at least still hang my head on the fact that if it's not with the White Sox, if they become trade bait and they go somewhere else and they do something, I can at least say, okay, Mike Shirley drafted that guy. Yeah. And I can feel confident in his, his skills. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'll be paying attention to. But, you know, if I don't feel like there's kind of there's been any positive direction in the minor league system over the next couple of seasons, I, you know, I might hang out. I, I said I might I might find myself watching four year old kids with physical disabilities play ping pong on television rather than hmm. watch the White Sox. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to be uh, that's something insensitive. <laughs> At least watch. Uh, I'm not trying to end the Ocho. (laughs) Yeah, I can can watch 13-year-olds throw bags on the Ocho. There you go. Uh, Hey, John Rudels. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. um, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with the front office and interested to see what happens. And, you know, I know that Chris Getz has said that – Pedro Grafal will be back next year. My question is, if this team completely goes into the tank and just complete, I mean, and, and I'm, you know, obviously, you know, uh, hold on one second. I had it. Uh, they're what thirty games below five hundred at this point. Uh, if they're not, they're twenty nine. It's it's really close. If it's not thirty, um. They're going to lose 100 games, and yeah. it's entirely possible that they lose 105. 
you know, with how badly they've been playing. Um, with how terrible this team has been playing down the stretch, I don't understand how you could say that your manager is definitely coming back next year. And this, you know, I under, you know, people have said to me, well, you know, him and Getz know each other really well. I don't care. If I've known somebody for 25 years, if I've gotten the biggest job of my life and I bring it, you know, and a guy that I stepped up for when he was originally getting the job, if he's not getting the job done and my legacy depends on it, it's going to be tough. But guess what? I'll see you later. You're not being responsible. I have to be responsible and do what I need to do to further myself here. I'll give you a job in the minor leagues if you want it. But you're out of here, man. Sorry. You did not show the, you know, bare minimum requisites to keep this job. You got to go. And when I look and see the White Sox getting a perfect game thrown against them by, by the Royals, Cole Reagans? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Now I know what the guys on the other side of the Philip Humber uh, no hitter feel like. <laughs> it's like, ha- have some self respect here. Like, give me a break, man. Like when I, you know, and I'm just saying. Uh, no. Uh, some self-respect you. here. At least go out there and, you know, you want to show that you're good? At least go out and do that. And they're not. So, like, they're just no. like, I just want this season to be over. I don't want to see any oh. of you ever again. Is what I see when I look at what's going on out there right now. You know, and that's funny that you say that because it, it all just goes to you know going back to those those press conferences and interviews and all these things. And Jerry Reinsdorf saying he has no interest in a full on rebuild, and and Chris Ketz kind of echoing that. Uh, I don't know. It, you know, you say things like, "Oh, this is the most disappointing disappointing season of my my career as an owner." Yeah, possibly. Uh, why I, mean, I would assume. Burn it down. Burn it down. If you owe the fans anything, you owe us an honest attempt. That's what you owe us, an honest attempt, because we've not had one. You know, we bought into the Rick Hahn rebuild of, you know, you could say it started middle of 16 maybe, but really, you know, 17 was kind of the uh, – the year where it all really started to come together as, as a full rebuild. Uh, you know, we have become the team that, you know, over the last 15 years or so has been the team of the retool. We've gone through retool after retool, and then we finally get a full rebuild. And that seemed to, you know, kind of lose its luster when you find out eh, maybe Rick Hahn doesn't have the keys to the rebuild. Yeah, we've never had a fully. Yeah, we've never had a fully honest attempt. 
So if you owe us anything, give us a fully honest attempt at building a winning culture and a baseball club that actually is in the 20th freaking century. Yeah. The 21st century. You know, I mean, it's like that's the thing is that you could deal with like possibly with some of the issues that are happening down on the farm with the infrastructure and everything. If the White Sox took the final steps to sign a couple of big star names yeah, to be those on this finishing team. pieces that actually yeah. are something that someone and have shown they've been someone already. Sure. Absolutely. So one thing that I, I and you know, I mean, this is a tinfoil hat theory here and okay. probably pretty <laughs> silly. It's probably, it's <laughs> probably complete, complete nonsense. Um, hey, there isn't a thought that you can share here that I won't at least, you know, entertain. Well, I mean, when it comes to the the absolute nonsense that comes with this franchise, I could almost buy it and hear me out. All right. So it comes time <laughs> for, you know, Jerry is given the, the okay for the rebuild. He said... I don't want to do it, but I'm in. They get this this uh, this core that's in place, and it comes time where you have Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are available, and here's where here's where the weirdness starts for me, especially knowing what I know about the dysfunction and toxicity in between KW and Han. KW is the executive vice president, and everything has to be run through him. Han wants to sign Machado. I do not buy that Han came up with that absolutely ridiculous contract. Yeah, I don't buy it. All these clauses and all this stuff. To me, this seems like something that KW would come up with because he wants credit for not only getting Machado, but for getting him in, in, in Jerry's way. Yeah, no, I you know what you say it sounds like a tinfoil hat theory, but I honestly don't think that it is. Because if you go back and look at the history of creative contracts of this ball club before Rick Hahn took the keys, there's been many that are like that where they get creative to get a deal done and it sounds great on paper until you know <laughs> along comes a, a guy with an agent who says, Wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense for my guy. <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah, uh, I. you know what? You say it sounds like a tinfoil hat theory, but I really don't think that it is. I, there's history that shows that that is something the White Sox are adept at throwing out there. I mean, like I, I brought it up the other day when talking to somebody and I was like, yeah, this kind this kind of sounds stupid. Like I get it that it sounds like I'm trying to, you know, 
protect Rick Hahn or, you know, and like one of the things that's been said about uh, the, the mainstream media is that they're trying to portray this whole thing of that Rick Hahn was great and that KW was the real problem here. I don't know that that's not necessarily true, but it's also completely possible that both of them sucked. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, you know, I, it, we went back to the, the point of where, you know, the firing happened. And I, I, I was a pretty staunch defender of Rick Hahn for that exact reason. But at the same time, I was not upset when he was let go. No. Yeah, that's that was pretty much my thought as well, is that if we can clear out all of the dysfunction and replace it with one person... It's just that my choice would would not have been Chris Getz for that. No, I, it's it's the White Sox way. You reward failure with a promotion. Now, see, now here's another thing, and I, I think this will probably be the the last thing that I really really want to talk about here until we get some like uh, either something new information or uh, until we start to see some results from this whole thing. Um, is the, the the issue that we have here, and 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 Jr. brought it up as well in his press conference that you know that Chris Getz didn't make the decision on who the players were that he got. Um, and I you know I mentioned when when Beef was on that I know for sure uh, that there were a couple of things that were blocked by KW uh, in the realm of in the in the development area of the White Sox minor league system. And if that's the case, he doesn't get to pick who he gets. Gets. Um he doesn't get to make the hires that he wants to make. And you know, ultimately he doesn't get to make the decisions on who the managers are, you know, probably because this is the White Sox and KW was involved. And I know that that guy doesn't let anything happen that he doesn't, you know, that's not his idea. So if that's the case, I mean, it's entirely possible that Chris Getz could be a up and coming good general manager. But from what I've seen so far with the Pedro thing, I'm not entire. I'm, I'm not inspired, and that's that's the that's the unfortunate thing about this is that with the way that this season has unfolded and the way that this rebuild has gone, is that I think I I, I feel, and I I would assume that most White Sox fans feel that after something like this, we need to be inspired. We need to have something to to grab onto and say, this is where we're going. We've had all of these problems, but now we've done this, so now we can move here. And I don't feel like the White Sox are at that. Uh, the White Sox fans are at that point now because I feel like as soon as this this hire was made, everybody felt like their legs were cut out from under them, and it was just like. All the wind that was in the sails of the White Sox fandom boat that was blowing across the ocean, all the wind in the sails is just gone. Yeah, dead in the water. 
Absolutely. Matter of fact, I forget dead in the water. It feels like we're sinking into the abyss. Whoa, we're taking on water. I mean, I hope not, you know, but I mean, like I said, we'll see as the results come in or until we get additional information. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're at the very beginning of this. I mean, could you, I mean, think of where we were on the Han and KW tenure and to go from that in the complete and total uh, elation of not having to deal with that anymore and then immediately move over to this and this is where we're starting this is just the beginning I mean uh, on on our side I will say at least it's at least we know there's going to be content to talk about. You know, it's not like there won't be. <laughs> but for crying I mean, out loud, you know, man. The last few weeks there, there's been a lot of content for uh, anybody who's a, a blogger or podcaster. For, you know, anyone who's in the media. There's been plenty of content. But the problem is, is none of it's positive. And that one ray of positivity that we had when we when we did get that firing was it lasted for a, you know a, a blink of an eye. Uh, you know, you say that you know, all we want is to see a direction. Well, I they gave us a direction. <laughs> it's just not the one we wanted to see. It's not. It is not the one we want to see. But I owe that to you. I am Jerry. <laughs> I owe that. I, I am your friend. I owe you, the common man, this little. <laughs> and so here I'm we are. Jerry. I am your friend. I owe it to you to not waste <laughs> your time. Well, you know what? You, you might be right about that. You are not wasting my time because I'm going to waste a lot less time watching this ball club until they prove otherwise. So, you know, I, I really you, I really hope that we're wrong about all of this. But we can only prognosticate on what we've been given. And this is what we've been given. What's going on behind the scenes might be something completely different. Unfortunately, history tells us it is not. History tells us that we're probably pretty close to being right on. That's... Oh, in theory, Siri thinks I'm talking to her all of a sudden. No, nope, go away. Siri, I am not no, talking no. to you. Yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, history tells us that when we get something like this, and I'm not trying to say we're any kind of soothsayers because pretty much the rest of the fan base has had about the same feelings that we've been talking about all day here today. Uh, you know, when it feels like we're going into a dark place, you got to trust your gut when it's part of the White Sox organization because that's exactly what ends up happening. And then when you feel like you're going and you're coming out of that dark place, uh, don't buy into that too much because we're going to do everything that we can to knock that feeling down. Oh, Sox fans are getting happy about something. Oh, got to fix that. Can't have that. No, no, no. Chop the other leg off. Yep. Um. So, uh, a second here. Oh no! Son of a bitch! I said I wasn't going to rip Peters this whole show tonight, and here we are. Yeah, like, here we go. Uh, so like my fourth one in just over an hour. I'm um, just going to go ahead and uh, bring up some some minor league stuff here. Uh, the Winston-Salem Dash, uh, I believe they are playing the Tourists. Uh, 
Uh, coming up this week, let me take a look here. Let me take a yeah, look. When's uh, their season end? That's got to be like they have. Right okay, the so they're playing the Hickory Crawdads, which are, uh, if I remember correctly, I think Hickory is the. Who are they? They're not the Astros. Who are they? They are the, I believe, the Pirates. Uh, let me look here. Hickory Crawdads. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Uh, I forget who they... I thought they were the... Uh, they are Rangers. That's what they are. The Hickory Crawdads are the Rangers. They don't have cameras, so there will be no... For the final week of the Winston-Salem Dash season, which is this week, there will be no highlights. So, hooray on that one. So, that's... uh. I mean, for me, it makes life a little bit easier for me because there's only three games uh, for me to do highlights for. But on the on the sad side, you know the uh, the the last thing that I have to look at for the Winston Salem Dash was them getting their brains beat in, uh, and um, Cole Seamus uh, getting injured, and uh, looking like it's going to be a Possibly it's going to be a a bit of time. TJ. Yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure. You know, I'm not. I, uh, the way he ran off that mound and his arm kind of. I'm yeah, no doctor. Uh, so yeah, I'm not either. I'm not going to, you know, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express once, but um, to me it didn't look good. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, he fired that pitch about, oh, I don't know, 12 feet above the strike zone. Oh, and, no. And no, yeah. Mound. It was like 25 feet in the air. It was, it hit yeah. like, it hit the backstop, like, it went up at like a 45, 50, 60 degree angle. Um, yeah, and the way he stomped off the mound after that, it good. was not, it was not pretty. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be the last view of Winston-Salem for the year. It's a bummer. Um, so Kannapolis plays the Lynchburg Hillcats this week. Uh, Charlotte plays the Rays, uh, Durham Bulls this week, and uh, Birmingham Ooh. plays the Biloxi Shuckers. Uh, so this is the last week of Winston-Salem and Kannapolis. Uh, there is one additional week after that of Double A, uh, which ends on the 19th, and then uh, we get one additional week of Charlotte. And then it's Arizona Fall League, and we don't have a uh, definite uh, listing of who's going to be there this year for the uh, White Sox, but I have heard that uh, Jacob Burke, uh, Colson Montgomery, and uh, Yosimar Cousin are going to be White Sox representatives in the AZL. But I have also, I mean, from... Just thinking about things, I would 100% not be surprised if uh, um, Johan Dominguez from the Knights pitched there, just coming back from TJ. Uh, He's generally throwing about like three innings per start uh, for the Knights, and he's looked pretty stinking good, and I would imagine that they probably want to get him some more innings, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him there as well. Uh, I have heard that there are numerous... White Sox uh, players going to the AZL. 
So uh, yeah, it wasn't a Triple A Jeff said it was going to be about a yeah Arizona Fall League. Triple uh, A Jeff I think reported first on the two pitchers that had been named already, uh, and then in that same tweet I think he said something about a half dozen or so. Uh, White Sox expected to play for the AZL or AFL. Yeah, I know that it's going to be numerous people. Uh, the people that I saw that he said was Jacob Burke, uh, center fielder for the Dash. Which oh, I'm sorry, you're right. It was one one pitcher and Jacob Burke. So yeah, was that uh... something interesting though is that uh, Burke was scratched from the lineup uh, yesterday. So I don't know if he got bumped up to Double A. It's entirely possible that he got bumped to double A and that he will be in double A starting tomorrow. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they waited a week or whatever and then did it when Winston Salem's time ends. Um, I don't know, and I haven't heard anything yet. Um, it's actually something that I should I should look at. And you know, I'm gonna look at it right now while we are here because uh that's the kind of thing that we do here since we are streaming and uh I can do that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm going to look at the roster and look at the transactions here real quick and see if anything interesting happened. No. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, there are no transactions. Usually those transactions end up coming up on Monday anyway. So it doesn't surprise me that, uh, or no, on uh, Tuesday, uh, the, the morning before all the stuff happens. So, I mean, it could be that we see a flurry of transactions either tomorrow or uh, or the following Tuesday after Kannapolis and Winston-Salem have ended. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a uh, Project Birmingham Part 2, at least to a smaller scale. I don't think that we're going to have what we had last year with the uh, the crazy, you know, like uh, the ridiculous amount of moving between the developmental squad and the regular squad. I don't think we're going right. to have that this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a, an influx of like five or six guys from some of the other teams that come up to reinforce Birmingham. But we'll see. Um I, I don't, you know, I don't have any sources Still on this. For, uh, project uh Bridgeport. Ah yes. Well I mean that's basically give me the give me the last at. well kinda. I got kinda say, sorta. Speaking of Project Bridgeport, I'm pretty pissed that Jose Rodriguez came up again and didn't at least get an at-bat. Come on, man. You pinch hit Yasmani Grandal late in the game. You telling That's me that you couldn't pinch hit Popeye in that spot and then insert Yasmani Grandal if the catcher thing actually came up, which it, it, it may have had Popeye been up to bat. You never know. Uh, his first game in Charlotte, goes three for five you know he's batting 400 right now so you know anywho so uh uh next week i know that you are you're out of town for two weeks yes i will be in sunny cancun mexico cancun with the uh wife for the uh the annual anniversary trip so 
I will make sure to uh, turn my phone off and all my notifications off and have zero, zero uh, recognition or recollection of White Sox highlights or lowlights or whatever. So uh, I will be relying on our our Slack conversation between you and the boys. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm still going to text you. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I I mean, I know I I know I'm no Herb Lawrence and pull over for me hey, to hey, like, read my now. texts easy but uh <laughs> but uh yeah you know we we will still have our our conversations in the background but you know i, I don't want anything from god i feel bad for the you know the intern that runs the white Sox social media oh he's getting killed <laughs> she he she uh they them she, whoever it is, getting killed i'm sure it's an Sure, it's a it's a thankless job, probably unpaid. Oh, it's one hundred percent thankless. And, well, actually, you know, at this point, this person that is the intern that is running the social media, at this point, I don't think it's it's thankless. I think it's just that they say, "We're sorry about that. Sorry, you have to deal with that because we really put you in a tough position." You know, at least from some people. Um, so I don't know. Uh, next week, uh, I will probably take off. Uh, maybe the next week, uh, I don't know, maybe I can get somebody to come on here and uh, hop on with me. I'm sure I'll find somebody. Um, also, you know, like, because Canapolis uh, and Winston-Salem will be ending, uh, it's entirely possible that I have some sort of a uh, low and uh, high A recap show and, and uh, maybe bring up some some of that stuff for one of those things and have, uh, I don't know, somebody on with me. And that would be kind of fun. There's been some be really stuff cool going on. If we could there. get a, a former batting champion. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, like I said, I don't know if he wants to do that. And at this point, you know, I don't blame him. You yeah. Know. No. But uh, thanks for everybody for uh, for watching tonight. Uh, thanks for coming in and hopping in the uh, comments and talking to us. Um, this will be available on our YouTube, uh, and it will also be available anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, you'll see some uh, minor league highlights, and uh, you can also search us up on uh Obviously, on if you were watching on YouTube, you'd know where to find us. Uh, but you can search for us, uh, White Sox Daily, on YouTube or Facebook. You can find us there. My name is Ian Eskridge at I Eskridge on Twitter. Uh, for my co-host, the Danny Miller at Danny Miller WSD on Twitter. Uh, White Sox Daily You can find written information and this podcast. And uh, we thank you so much for coming and hanging out. And uh, we will see you guys in uh, the near future here. Uh, Maybe next week, maybe the week after. Uh, Have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks. Night. Night.